when I'm over your house for dinner sometime, just do what you always do. Don't tell someone they're eating what they're eating until they're about halfway through the meal. Yeah, and then inform you that it's, that it's a homeless people. person. Yeah. Hey, come on. It doesn't why are they gotta be homeless? I'd rather it be a rich person. If you could kill a rich person and you told me they're rich, I'd probably just gobble the rest of it up. I I could to to actually eat the rich and not just metaphorically sounds I don't know. I might get horny. I don't know. I'm I'm uh I'm gonna stick with homeless people. And that's where and you see, and I that's the are. balance that you and I have. That's why this works. Yeah, the, the yin and yang here. You're a pinko commie and I'm a capitalist pig. Yeah. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to episode of Growing Up Christian. I'm Sam. And I'm Casey. And we are coming to you the day after Christmas. You'll hear it a couple days after this. But fresh off the Christmas Day festivities, Casey, how was, uh, how was your Christmas? It was good. Well, it was good. But uh, the first gift that I got was food poisoning, which okay. was not great. That's a terrible <laughs> way to start Christmas. It was it was rough. Would you I eat feel like Ra- a- uh, bad sushi? That's like the go-to pork. Oh god, we were cooking like one of those like meal box things, you know, like it was pork tenderloin slices, and it's always like awkward when you you do one of those and you open up the the meat and like they're drastically different cuts. Yeah, yeah. Like so, we did one those was like really thick for a little while, and we we would experience the same thing from time to time. well from time to time. Uh, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So one of them was like really thick and the other one was more like normal sized. We thought we got it up to temperature, but I mean, it tasted good. Everything was great. And then like 2.30 that morning, I like woke up out of a dead sleep and I'm like, I, oh, I don't, I don't feel good. <laughs> this is 2.30 in the morning, Christmas day. This would have been. Or Christmas Eve. This would have been Christmas Eve Eve. Okay. So it was like Thursday. And yes, I was just, I was just miserable for like that whole day around like seven o'clock the next night. I started feeling better, but it was, uh, it was nasty and I probably have worms now. Yeah, (laughs) that sucks. Dude, we were doing the, those like meal boxes for a while where you get everything. It's like all the ingredients come like pre-portioned and whatever. We did it for a while because after Byron had moved in with us and we were getting, we we were getting DCF money. We were like just so stressed about trying to figure out whether well, our schedule being crazy. It was like, well, we were like, we just, we got to simplify our lives. So we would have those delivered, I think twice a week. So like on the busy nights that we had, we could just like, we had, we just knew that dinner was planned out and we ended up canceling it after like the third box in a row was delivered with the vacuum seal on the meat being broken on like one. Or oh, two that's no good. Yeah. And they would always like you would email them. They'd refund you like for like a good portion of the box, whatever. Sometimes the whole thing. Part of me is just like, OK, we bought this so that way the entire family could eat together. And now we don't have enough for the entire family. So like this is super inconvenient. I would prefer to get more of a refund than what is than just like for them. 
the meat, but yeah. Yeah. Like just three of those. And it was on the pork a couple of times. Um, I don't, I don't know what was going on. I don't know if they're just rushing and they're like to get stuff out and they're like maybe nicked it with a razor blade or something like that. But it was like, there'd be like meat juice leaking all over the other shit in there. It was like, Oh man. And then you just feel like you got to throw the whole thing. Like if, if the juice got on things, then you just feel like you got to get rid of it, you know? And that's when they just refunded us for the entire thing. We're just like, I'm not cooking any of this. So I would like my money back. If you want a video of me putting it directly into the garbage, I am happy to send that to you. (laughs) Yeah. Do you ever like go to the supermarket or whatever in the, the, in the meat section, there'll be like all the normal ones and then the markdown ones. Yeah. And it's like, God, it's it's two days from now. It should be fine. But have you ever like opened one up and been like, like sniffed it and thought, Oh no, this isn't, this isn't right. I actually haven't. I've definitely left. Dude, I'm a, I'm pretty bad at like buying things. And then the day that it's like the day after it's like the sell by or use by, I'm like, Oh shit. I forgot to put that in the freezer. And then I'm like, I smell it like a hundred times in a row. I'm like, "Ah, I guess I'll just cook it and see what happens yet to have ever gotten sick. uh, Definitely. Some of them have been, probably like past their prime. Like, I don't know. I, I was on the fence about it smell wise, but I rolled with it. No one got sick. Probably shouldn't make those uh, kind of decisions. <laughs> do but. it with the whole family. Of people. <laughs> like you poor plumbing. And my wife's like, does it smell okay? I was like, I think it smells fine. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, we'll see if we're up all night. Oh, with diarrhea. Man. Dude, I'm not taking any chances with pork now. Maybe I got trigonosis, but I think that takes a while to like show itself. So, <laughs> if uh january rolls around and i'm like pooping handfuls of gnocchi or something then i'll oh my I'll god go get some some worm killer yeah take some ivermectin dude that'll that shit will fix you all your problems <laughs> it'll solve if you get covid again uh, at the same time you have worms you'll be in good shape cure all <laughs> yeah so that was that um once i got over that you know it's like that when you, when you finally start feeling better after you've been sick it's such a relief and you feel so good. Oh yeah. That you just want to run laps around the block. So we did a bunch of stuff. We'd kind of just stay close to home for Christmas. We were supposed to go to my grandparents, but you know, it was one of those, like, I think I had food poisoning, but I don't know for sure. Oh yeah. Probably not a good idea to like hang out over there, you know? Right. So they were, they were cool about that. And, uh, see, so, yeah, we just, we just hung out. So, Pretty yep. chill. Definitely like Christmas on our own terms. Got a bunch of cool stuff. That's always yeah, nice. Good Christmas time. on your own terms is nice. We had, um, we do, we used to run around a lot. And a couple of years ago, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not driving an hour and a half in this direction just to see these. Like, I just, with kids and waking up early, doing it's like the kids were exhausted by like seven o'clock. So, I mean, even before that, they're, it's such a long, busy day that. We've simplified our holiday a lot, and now it's, you know, it's like we'll see one family on this day. We'll see the other's family a day or two later whenever everyone can figure out a time to meet up. But my, my family this year was a little split up, so it, it complicated things. For the first time, one of my brothers was just out of town for Christmas. He was in New York. So it just kind of like made things a little bit different this year. Uh, so trying to figure out the time that everyone could get together. Uh, so I'm, I'll be seeing them a little bit later on. But we we really try to simplify because it's like 
it ends up not being even fun. Like it's, you're just like, okay, we need to be here by this time. Then we do this with these people and then dinner's at this time. And then I need to get out the door by this time so I can get to this place at that. It's like, so now it's like this, we're going to one place and then I'm going to be home by five 30. And if anybody wants to come over, uh, they can. So like my family, a bunch of my family came over uh, Christmas night and that was great to see them on Christmas day. Um, after they all did their things and, and then we'll get together and like open gifts a little bit later. But at, throwing kids into the mix, it's like, especially because they have all their stuff. They want to open it. Your house is an absolute disaster by the time you leave it in the morning to go to another place. It's like everything's spread everywhere. And today, dude, we spent like six hours probably going through all of this shit, like going through because there's no room for it. You get everyone in the family gets <laughs> all my kids, all this shit. So now you're like, I have to I have boxes and boxes of stuff in in my kitchen and i'm like so you do like the great toy purge uh of like the end of december every year so like me and my wife went through my kids rooms we took everything out we like sold a bunch of stuff on like facebook and anything that was like falling apart we just got rid of but and then then we went down to the basement and did the whole thing down there so now tomorrow after spending all that time going through their stuff we were able to where I'll actually be able to put all of their new things away in a place that they would actually go. I got that problem. I just have like uh, hay bales of knives like laying around my house Ooh. nowadays. Like every every holiday, I get like three more knives, which is fine by me. It just like everybody knows me now. They're like, "What should we yeah. do?" <laughs> oh, knives. So you you would be like. I know you, your plan isn't to have kids, but, and you joke about how, how you wouldn't be a great dad. And I, I know it's just a joke, but it's true. You wouldn't be. Okay. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> like that. Uh, just because there's like <laughs> knives and loaded guns all over. <laughs> but uh, if you had children, you, and you loved them and adored them, you, you. There's a lot of ifs. Fun- yeah, you would bond and attach and then Christmas morning would come and no one would have gotten you really anything and your kids would have a ton of stuff. That would be the first moment you felt complete and total resentment and everything <laughs> would be different from there on out. We would go broke if we had kids because like uh, my nephew <laughs> this year got like an entire Toys R Us full of cars and trucks and a trampoline and all this stuff, you know? It's crazy. And I feel like... April and I buy each other a lot of stuff for Christmas and birthdays and things. And I don't think that would decrease if we were to have a kid. We would just, it would be, you know, 50% more things coming into the house. Yeah. So we'd just have like a hoarder mansion, yeah. you know. <laughs> you would have a minus, room. Minus just like Tupperware stuff. full of turds. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> like newspapers from like 1936. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, uh, Oh my god! Uh, just whatever. I had something. I just. Do you lost get it. your pets presents? No, I don't. I don't care. Man, my pets what are goes lucky on at your house? That's their <laughs> present every year. Is that I don't fucking get rid of them. Our pets get uh, you know fun presents, and then they also get like obligatory fun for us presents, like, like costumes. They're, yeah, they're gonna wear a costume <laughs> at some point, and that's just the price that they pay for living here. But you know, also like I got. Uh, I got the dogs like this little squeaky stuffed like lumberjack beaver and it's been a big hit and the cat's got like uh, a bunch nice. of things, but they got like a, uh, a 
catnip toy that looks like a big doobie. Okay. <laughs> it, must, it must be loaded with catnip because, yeah, they've been freaking out over that thing. Dude, we haven't done catnip in a minute, but that was, I, I should get back on that. My cats could probably use a little bit. They, one of them, one of them doesn't care. They, they all, I guess it's kind of like people with weed, right? Like all cats respond differently to it. Like some just like, just get the zoomies and just go nuts. And then the best. Others are just like, <laughs> one of them just like constantly rubs his body all over it. And it's just like in a daze. Oh, you just can't get enough. It's like purring. It's like on his back, rubbing all up in it. He's just like, it, it's, it, it's funny the way they all deal with it a little bit differently. It's like your friend who gets high and they just disappear into a totally different reality. And then other people are a little bit more high functioning, you know, I'm definitely not the high functioning. I can, I yeah. can relate to my cat that just rolls around in it. It doesn't move for about four and a half. Hours. Yeah. Just like sink into the couch. I mm-hmm. want like man nip. I think that was a Tim and Eric sketch at some point. Was but it? Dude, if they had human nip, I'd be all over that total nip head. It really is weed. Like it's no, I can't, I really don't think there's, I feel like the way that it affects cats is just like how weed affects people. Is it, are they not high? Are cats not high? I want high something that makes me it? spazzy. I want the zoomies. Oh yeah. Cocaine, dude. You should try Coke. I should try Coke. I mean, that's a thing uh, I should do. You're in the corporate world that if you're in the wrong generation, there was a time <laughs> where everyone in your office would be doing Coke all the time. You missed out. But yeah. I, think I doubt could that bring was happening at my company, but it was. Um, it's never too late to start. I think you should try to start it. There. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> Would you? Uh, this is a bad conversation probably to have. I don't want to get you in trouble with your uh, company. But would you do Coke at work if uh, if it was offered to? Would you be like, I'll give it a shot. No, you know? I, I'm not going to do Coke because I think I You'll will love, love it. it too much. <laughs> Dude, if I could just if I could just had a, if I had an internal volume switch. And I could just turn myself up to 11 for 19 hours a day and then crash at the end. Like, that's what I would do. I would do that every day. I would work on whatever for for 19 hours and then just pass out. And that would be my every day. Yeah. I just don't think that I'm. Is, so. Yeah. I don't think I'm I'm my internal chemistry would support a uh, a, a functional measured coke habit. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a good choice or an ideal decision. I just, it is baffling that it was so prevalent in what 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 year? What time? What was the year? Like the time? Oh, like, like late seventies into the eighties. Like, yeah, even early nineties, I think a little bit. It was like so prevalent with like, I mean, just rich corporate yuppies. They're just, they're, hey, I do. I got some. It, like you would just do it. I mean, also people have, like we're drinking all the time, and like when you watch Mad Men, and you're just like, "What world? This is a different world." <laughs> I would have been incapacitated. Like, I mean, and you watch people like just get drunk at work and have to fall asleep on their couch in their office, and then they wake up and have the best idea of their life at 11 p.m. <laughs> and then, like, it's such what? a weird thing, dude. Everybody's got friends, you know that that people start drinking, and you've all everybody's got that friend that is going to be the one to take it too far if, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if somebody is, you know? Like, that guy had to work back then. I mean, I can't imagine that he wasn't doing the same thing in the in the workplace. I, I oh, bet you yeah. it cost people 
I bet you it cost a lot of people their jobs. I'm I'm sure. Uh, but it was also oh such a weird time where bad male behavior was I don't know, just not really looked at too closely. So like when even when you watch Mad Men, it's basically just like sexual harassment. Is Mad Men a documentary? Long. I I mean it easily could have been. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like the amount of sexual harassment going on all the time. And then everyone's just like, no, it, you go to HR and they're like, what's the problem? I'm not sure what your, I'm not sure what your complaint is. I don't even know how to, how would I even write that down? We have no standards for that. It's not, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. There is, there's like nothing worse than being with somebody who's gotten like a little too drunk and they're starting to get like a little too familiar with the people around them. Yeah, it is the worst. I hate sorry, it so sorry. much. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, sexual harassment, um, I was listening to <laughs> the radio. You know, you know, Delilah. Everyone knows Delilah, right? Uh, Samson's squeeze. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she does like you. People call in. She's got a radio show. I feel like she's on all the time. I everywhere. actually don't know Delilah. That's really interesting. She's got like a kind of a soft, calm voice and. People call in and request songs, but around the holidays, it's all Christmas music. And so we're listening to Christmas music, and this guy calls in, requests a song. I don't really recall what his request was for. Uh, they're always like, so, it, there's some overshares that call in. They're like, I just want <laughs> a song for this person because, and they go on for like five minutes. This it's guy, basically though, like, uh, it's like the original Craigslist Missed Encounters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, <laughs> It has that vibe for sure, even though it's about people they know. Uh, but this guy calls in and he's like, thank you, Delilah. I, you are one. You have such a sexy voice. I love hearing it. Like oh. he, he gets a little it was I didn't even pick up on it at first. Uh, and then her response was what like keyed me in. She was just like, oh, I don't know if it." I, I, her response was something like, oh, I don't know if it. Sounds that great when I'm like yelling at my husband or something like that. So she tried to like pass it off. Like it was a kind of a weird response. But what would you expect when you're trying to deflect a comment like that on fucking live radio, dude? Yeah. The guy, he sounded so creepy. And I was just thankful that I was there for it. <laughs> it just makes you wonder, like, what goes through some people's heads when they're doing those things? Like I was watching a video earlier today and it was on a flight and there was an older guy on the in the aisle seat and he didn't have a mask on there's a lady in the aisle also without a mask and she is just screaming at this guy to to put his mask on these are these not people who work for the airline like they're just passengers on the plane yeah like while screaming at this guy about his mask is doing so without a mask on herself and then it just continues to devolve until she like slapped him and she spit on him and somebody had to come from the back of the plane and like grab her and take her away from him i mean she like scratched his face it was out of control crazy like i'm sure there were they were both awful like the little bit that I saw, they were both awful. I'm sure they're both unbearable. How do you get to that point? Like, I just cannot imagine being at a point where I would like spit no. on someone. Or, no. I mean, I've never hit anybody. 
And maybe that's just because I haven't been in a situation where somebody really needed a a whack. But yeah, but that's I, definitely I like, not one of them. Yeah, like, what, I, like, I don't understand that mindset either. I don't. It's impossible to rational. There's no rational explanation for it. Like for them to go, for them to get that heated. No. To the point where they would physically respond to a complete stranger in a public place with no booze involved is is beyond. Like bar fights make sense over dumb shit because you're looking a bit like a couple of drunk idiots, you know? But yeah. like when it's like eight o'clock in the morning on a flight with hundreds of people, that's insane. You look, you're, if that's your response, like the, I mean, sure, you should get arrested and you should probably see it go before a judge, but you should probably like have to, you should probably be evaluated. Yeah. Yeah. If you're at that point, like there are very few scenarios ever where anyone should justify you like taking a swing at somebody. Like you can't be hitting people. Yeah. And if you, you do, can only shoot them, if you think that they're going to hit you, that's the only acceptable. Right. So shout yeah. out to Kyle I mean, Rittenhouse, of course, escalated to that point. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I was just watching this video thinking like, I don't I don't get this. Like, I don't think I've never talked to someone in public like this. Like nobody that I know really well that I respect has ever done. That. It's just crazy. And do, yeah, to do so in front of an audience of like a couple hundred people, too, on this plane. I don't know. And those but people why is it- realize that they're the crazy ones either. They're always like blown away that they're the one getting dragged like they'll hit somebody and like i rake them and then be shocked that they're the one being physically removed from the plane they're like are you did you see what he did you hear what he said to me you're like okay you were you really not following what's going on here are you dude i saw a lady getting like physically drugged through the airport a couple of years ago i think it was in houston i was making a connection i don't know what she was up to what had happened prior to this, but I'm like standing in the terminal. I see two guys, they, you know, like security guys, one with each one's got an arm under an armpit and she's dragging her feet and bawling. <laughs> and they're like God. pulling her through the airport. <laughs> like, holy crap. That's such a strange sight. It was, it was weird. <laughs> what is it with flights right now though? Like there's so many people freaking out on airplanes. Yeah, because they don't want to wear masks. It's a violation of their personal. I, I don't, maybe it's not just that. Is there other things that you're aware of of people just freaking out over other things, or is this all mask related? I don't think it's all mask. I think it's just okay. in general. There's more instances of like hostility on flights. Like there's some airlines that aren't serving alcohol now. Oh, on really? Flights. Yeah, in the past like year, year and a half. I mean, basically since like six months into COVID, it seems like it's been a huge deal. It's like, are people just closer to the edge now than they were before? They must be. I've never had alcohol on a flight before. I've never had that privilege. Have you have you ever flown first class? Yeah, a couple of times. When I was flying all the time for work, like I had a ton of points, you know, I had yeah, like status. upgrade and shit. Yeah, so like occasionally they would put you up into the first class and it's like it's the best like Uh, i want to try it so bad (laughs) i don't think it would be near as good if you paid for it right if you bought it and you went there yeah and you know that that's coming it's like uh, all right well it's still a flight but when you're expecting to sit in in a middle seat next to a sweaty guy in a sleeveless shirt and they're like hey we're 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 bumping you to first class yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> Got that like nail fungus. Absolutely Dude, I flew, no sock game. I flew to. Uh, so when you fly all the time, you try to take the same airline for that specific reason, you know, yep. because you're accumulating points. So like I was trying to fly Delta everywhere I went, but I went to Anchorage for a couple weeks to do some work up there. And it, it's also easy to make commitments when you're booking the flight that you hate yourself for once the day of the flight shows up. So I was like, well, I want to fly Delta, but the only option to Delta from Wichita was like, you had to go to Atlanta and then fly to Anchorage. And it was just a miserable day. And I got on that plane up to Anchorage and I sat next to this guy who's, you know, he's a, he's a big dude. I'm a small dude. He was a big dude, just stature wise and stuff, but he had a sleeveless shirt on. And I never thought about it before, but I'm like, why would you wear a sleeveless shirt on a plane? Like so inappropriate. Yeah. Like the dude's arm is just sticking to me the whole time. Like feel like I'm buttoned up next to a raw pork chop. (laughs) That'll get you food poisoning. (laughs) I, yeah, dude, it's a very, I mean, there's a lot of no nos on flights, I think, which is like any open toed shoe. Like no one wants to see your feet. What about people who take their shoes off during the flight? Fuck those people. (laughs) No, just leave your goddamn... Wear slippers on the goddamn plane if it's that big of a deal. Like, slippers are comfy. Look, if you wear socks and, like, your Adidas slides or some shit, I'm fine. I just don't want to look at your fucking nasty-ass feet. That's gross. (laughs) And then they put them up. Or they, like, move them near you. Especially if it's, like, a dude spreading his legs out. Try to cross their legs. Yeah. Uh, oh, just, yeah. Like, if you're in the middle, the right you. leg over the left, and you're just looking at it, it's staring right back at you. It's like all bumpy and yellow. Ugh. I was on a flight from Wichita to Seattle a couple of years ago, like right before I stopped traveling for work. And uh, I got up to use the bathroom in like mid flight. And there's like just like a, a, an eighth of an inch of liquid on the floor in the in the bathroom what? it's like somebody had i don't know if they splashed water all over i don't know if they peed in there whatever it was there's like a layer of liquid just sloshing around Ugh. on the floor and i watched a lady get up and walk in there with no shoes on <gasps> no yeah whoever who would ever go into a bathroom with no shoes on I don't know. She may have had like a medical condition where she did, couldn't leave her shoes on or something. I mean, you know, you're being one really of those things, <laughs> you, you know, uh, the, the severe toe psoriasis or whatever. Oh, and, my God. But yeah, I, I, I watched That's her walk in front. I'm like, thought. no, don't don't do it. like in college. I would have never stepped foot into the bathrooms with bare feet. And some people did. And that's college. That's a college dorm. It's that's gross but a flight is absolutely worse especially if there's water on the ground or liquid just liquid on the ground of that i mean isn't it illegal to just walk down the aisle of a plane without shoes on it's not a crime it should be yeah it really should be like i mean it's bad enough that you're doing that to your feet but yeah like everybody has to watch you do it it's just vile oh my god no thanks dude i think in the um what I had something else to say about oh spirit of Christmas. Um, I'm going <laughs> to shift us back. I know. I feel like it's a little bit of a hard shift, but have you ever had 
macaroons. Is that like a cookie? Yeah. Cut? My sister's Fair. like the queen of macaroons. Really? Okay. So I guess they're hard to make. So not a lot of people make them. Uh, and Christmas Eve, uh, my, or the, I guess it was the day before Christmas Eve, the kids had school, but my wife didn't and I was working. So she was like, uh, she, her plan was to just try making those all day, come up with a few batches. They didn't quite come out right. Her first attempt, as far as like, you know, the shape and she, uh, she needed like better piping bags and stuff like that. But she, she was trying to make them to bring them for Christmas to share with everyone. But so, yeah, so they didn't come out in a way that she was like, all right, I'm going to bring these. They stuck a little bit. Uh, so they didn't, it, it just, they didn't come out the way that she would have liked to in order to bring them somewhere, but they tasted incredible. So now I'm like very excited because it, it took her a long time. I mean, that, that shit doesn't, it's a weird cookie, dude. Those, it's not just like, yeah, I don't, like, it's all, I don't know what all goes into them, but I know that like that was, she worked at a place that meant that there was their specialty was macaroons. Like they were kind of known for it. And okay. then like everywhere she went after that, if she made them, the place that she was working at wanted to add them to the menu. They're like, oh my God, you can make these? Okay, let's put them on the menu. Oh, but yeah. uh, they're delicious, especially coming like all sorts of different flavors and stuff. Yeah. They're great. I guess it's like they're, ex- a lot, I mean, because if you go anywhere to get them, it's like three or four bucks a cookie. So they're, they're always expensive. It's because they're like basically made of almond flour. But the time that it takes, like you're supposed to age egg whites and then you whip them like after 24 i don't know you age them for a while and you whip them and then like then you start adding in all the ingredients it's like it's just a strange process and my i i whenever i hear about these strange processes i can't help but wonder who fucking came up with these recipes right like the first person who made these cookies they had to have evolved you didn't just decide to make that one day like well what if i age these egg whites and then whip them with a tiny bit of sugar and then add a little bit of almond flour and see what happens if i bake them for just the right so obviously they probably evolved from something else but i'd be curious that's something that i would be actually curious to know well that's like that's like french cuisine in general Mm mm-hmm like there's so many stipulations on it and like ingredients that you've never heard of. And I don't know how anybody ever came up with it, but yeah, it's like when done right, it's really good. It's just hard to do at home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but now I'm really excited because now she's like, has this like motivation to really just nail down the, the process. So once she does, uh, I'll hopefully be eating a lot more macaroons and then everyone will be surprised. That's one of those cool <laughs> things where you bring in plate. Oh my God, you made these? And everyone's really pumped about it. So I don't know. That was the, uh, the only other thing around the holidays. It didn't quite pan out the way that she wanted, but it was a fir- for a first attempt. I was like, didn't even expect them to taste right. And I thought they tasted amazing. So see, like, I like to do the opposite two. of that. I like to serve, like have people over and serve them something. Yeah. And then once they're about three quarters of the way through with it, I'm like, so you, you like goose, huh? Yeah. Goose? <laughs> or whatever it is. Octopus. But, uh, a, f- a few times we're like, I suspect somebody's not going to want to eat something if they know that it's quail or oh, okay. medicine or whatever. So I just don't tell them until towards the end. I would never not eat. Some- That's such a strange thought to me. Like people not wanting to eat something because of just what it was. Like I can't think of something I wouldn't try. I shouldn't say that. I mean, I think you can get out to 
I'm a very uncultured person. If you dropped me off into certain countries and asked me to try their delicacies, I would probably feel a little uncomfortable with some of them. But like, as far as like any sort of thing you would hunt and eat around here goes, I, I can't imagine myself being like, I don't think I would eat that. As long as you trust the person to handle the the like butchering and stuff correctly and safely, I feel yeah. like all of it is pretty, there's nothing really that isn't that mild around here. And if it's fresh, you're in good shape. It's not like you like aged it for 16 weeks in a, you know, a hole in the ground covered in salt. Like I'd be a little more skeptical, but. <laughs> Dude, this came up in the Discord the other day because at some point, one of the, uh, the new members was talking about uh, being in China and yeah. had spent quite a bit of time there. And I realized I'd never really talked about my my trip to China. It's like the one time I've been out of the country other than like Mexico, Belize, and Canada. I went to China for like two weeks. But that was one of those, it's one of those things where you tell people you How does that not come up, actually? Sorry to just cut you off. I We've talked about some of your missions trips. This is a missions trip to China? No, this was a this was a work trip. Oh, I was going to say if this is a I I, I if this is a missions trip and it hasn't come up, that's a big fucking deal. It was I a thought you were some sort of mission. secret Bible smuggler. You didn't want to, Oh, that's what you were afraid of if you talk about I it. Actually, I flew there to protest abortion clinics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> government funded works cut out for you. I don't, yeah. Protests not a probably go over well there. Yeah, but, they uh, don't normally. But. When I when I was headed over there, we, we were talking about it, and people are so weird when you when you tell them you're going to like Asia, just kind of yeah. it's kind of lame. Like they'll make jokes about food and say like, oh well, don't ask what it is. <laughs> like I feel like everyone's that. like that if you're going to any non-white country. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. Nobody's like, you're going to Moscow, huh? Well, better watch out. Yeah. If they do, they're like, hey, uh, don't don't uh, don't gamble with the wrong group of people. Like they'll make some joke about like maybe gambling or vodka or like they'll do some stereotypes, but uh, maybe a KGB joke or some shit like <laughs> but you're not getting a, it's there's some racism in the way that people just if it's if it's a non-white country, people are like. Uh, don't drink the water. It's like, of course, in certain countries, you know, like, yeah, you don't drink the water because our stomachs can't handle it. Yeah, it's like a whole different animal. But yeah, it's basically if it's a non-white country, you can guarantee some of your white friends and family will have something to say about the cuisine or something of that sort. It's like from the moment I I was told that I was going to go, People pretty much made those comments like the whole time. And then when I got back, it was like months of the same thing. But dude, the the food was the best part. Yeah. Like it was phenomenal and tons of it. And I was a little more portly back in the back in that at that time period. (laughs) But yeah, the so I went over to do like the big hits that were you like. Surprise. It wasn't your typical Chinese food because what we eat here is not what they're eating over there. Yeah. No, you didn't get get pork fried rice and orange chicken. (laughs) No, (laughs) I mean, there's stuff kind of like that, too. (laughs) But so, you know, we go over there to do like sales training and stuff with this team of people. And 
they're all kind of high rollers, you know, and they want to like take you out and wine and dine you and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, one of the things I learned quickly was, oh, I, I can't drink with these people. They drink you under the table, dude. Oh my God. And then some, and <laughs> like, I, I mean, I'm a lightweight anyways. I have no alcohol tolerance, but, yeah. uh, you know, every night we go out to dinner and it's like this giant round table. And in the middle, they've got like a turntable type thing, you know, lazy Susan deal. And they just bring out like dish after dish after dish, all Ugh, sorts of different things. So sick, dude. I want to go take me it next time. Awesome. You just kind of like pick and choose what you want and stuff. Once in a while, my my buddy I was there with would be like, hey, you probably don't want that. And there was some things that were strange, but like there was only like two things that I had there that I didn't like. One was tripe, which that's, that's a kind fish? of a no, I think it's oh. in it's intestines. Oh, yeah. OK, and that's like there's a lot of countries that serve that. Yeah, I don't I don't want it from any of them. Yeah. It yeah. tasted like a, like an onion had sex with a ball of licorice. OK, a ball <laughs> of liquor. I didn't know licorice came in balls. Well, they had like, you know, those. What is it? What do they call? It's not anuses. <laughs> you know, this star anise. I think oh, that's how yeah. you say it. <laughs> yeah. You know the anus fruits, the little yeah, anus yeah. seed pots. Star anise. There was a lot of those in food there, and I didn't recognize what they were. And it's fine. Like, I don't mind that stuff. But if you bite one of those pods, oh, it's yeah. like getting a Novocaine shot, like right in your gum. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's your whole mouth goes numb for a minute. But yeah, the tripe was not for me, not good. And There's then, plenty uh, of parts of the animal that Americans go, we should just put that in the garbage. Uh, that other countries are like, that shit's good, man. What the fuck are you doing wasting that? Yeah, and that's probably the way to be. It definitely you know, is the way to find be. your definitely peace the, uh, with it. Right way to do things. I, I just it would be an acquired taste. I, I, I mean, maybe it's more of a concept problem. But I've had, you know, I went out to a really nice restaurant once and got a testicle. Like, no, no. Well, no, I haven't. But apparently people say those are good. Like that that's not. Yeah, I've had them a some... few times. Have you really? It tastes like fried meat. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not very impressive. But it's just the concept that people have a hard time getting past. But, you know, I had a pig. It was like pig jowl. That, and I didn't really like that. It's I mean, probably just kind of like a tender, fatty cut. Very right? fatty. And that's why I didn't like it. It was like it was more fat to meat. Rate. like the ratio was more fat than meat and i was like i don't I'd want probably that. be all right with that it's like bacon it's too rich yeah it was but it was just the way it was cut it was like a slab i was like this is too much but i gave it a shot but other things like i mean I, there's just i feel like there's plenty of things uh liver you know everyone the joke here is like liver and onions and everyone's like ew gross no one eats liver it's a weird organ to eat because it's kind of just gross it's like, like eating an oil prop. filter yeah but it's like <laughs> people probably i've heard people say that it's, they've had it prepared well and they really enjoy it it's just like how how is it being made so uh, maybe other things are like that all the things that i think everything is like that that's like you talk about when you start talking about wild game because we you know april and i cook a lot of that like people will get kind of weird about certain cuts or like certain types of game and stuff. And it, it's all comes down to how it's cooked. Like yeah. if it's, if it's overcooked, 
it's probably not great. That's like that oh, gamey, yeah. you know, unpleasant taste and stuff. And also people don't do anything with it. You know, they just like pan fry it or put a little, you know, wrap it in bacon and deep fry it or something. And I don't know, we use it like beef or anything else. But the only other thing that I didn't like there was it, I didn't even really I didn't mind it. Actually, it was fine. I wouldn't probably eat it again, but it was uh, duck blood soup. Oh, that sounds awful. It was like this real brothy soup and it had these little like brown cubes in it. And I ate some of it. And then, yeah, like the guy next to me, he's like, yeah, that's that's duck blood. And I think what that means is like, you know, French places from like the little bit that I've seen. And they'll, you know, cook a duck. And once all the meat's off of it and stuff like that, they have like a press that they put the rest of the like the carcass and stuff into and then what? you press it and stuff comes out the bottom like broth and bone and broth and I don't know. I think that's what I was eating was kind of like a gelatinous uh, cubed version of that. It it's, didn't yeah, it taste particularly bad. Like <laughs> You're like, look, it wasn't blood. It was just like they squished the carcass and solidify everything that came out. So, it's, I mean, it's probably that. Does not I just sound didn't better. think that they would probably have like a whole... Uh, you know, pasture full of ducks hooked up to IVs, just like bleeding them dry. Maybe they could. That could be. I mean, it's uh, sustainable, right? I guess. Yeah. Not for the ducks, but for the rest <laughs> of them. <laughs> I mean, if you do it in a way that they, uh, you don't bleed them dry, you just do it enough and then you give it a little bit of time, let them replenish, do it all over again. They did at one of the places that we went, they served duck and it's like, you know, they bring it out. It's the whole duck. Right. And it's you could tell looking at this thing, it was really like orange in color and crispy and stuff on the outside. Like you could tell that however they prepared this thing, they had been cooking it for a long time, like slow cooking it and glazing it with something. And it was probably the greatest thing I've ever had. Really? Yeah, it was so good. At that point, I'm like, I, I got to figure out how to get ducks because that was incredible. <laughs> and you've been killing them ever since. <laughs> I've, but, I, I recently saw this article uh, about octopus farming. And I've only had, I don't think oh, I've ever yeah. had octopus. I've only had squid. I've been to an octopus farm. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Big Island on in Hawaii on Kona. They're, I think they're trying to... They're trying to figure out how to cultivate them in captivity so that they're not being collected in mass from the the wild. Yes, they are because uh, I this article talked about the increase in the number of octopi that are. I feel like nobody pluralizes octopus without stumbling over that. Like it was very apparent that I wasn't sure which direction I was going in. You don't get a lot of batting practice with that word. Like it's, it doesn't pop up in your daily conversation much. No, but yeah, there's a, there's been a huge increase uh, in the amount of octopi that are farmed uh, that are fished from the ocean. So now they're like, okay, we got to figure out how to, how to farm them. I guess this company, I think it was in Europe figured it like, it is like one of the first ever farms. Uh, in the way that, and, and there's a lot of questions about it, and they're not an, they're not answering questions right now. But 
because uh, <laughs> they don't probably want to. I think there's probably some questionable practice going on there. So I, apparently octopuses. Fuck, I fucked it up. It's octopus. We'll get there. It's okay. It's a little um, stumble. It is hard. It's so much harder than you'd expect it to be. But apparently <laughs> octopi are very territorial and will kill each other in close proximity. But so, it, and then the way that you feed them is weird because octopi eat a lot. So it's kind of like to say that we're going to farm raise octopi is tough because the amount of fish that they eat is like, it's a net negative on well, they grow at an insane rate. Like they, they get huge very quickly. Yeah. And they need space. So like, to, like how are these going to be confined? There's a lot of questions about how, if you can, if you can actually like ethically have an octopus farm and you probably can't. Which and is they're super intelligent. Western. Yeah. So that's the big thing that's been coming up is uh, a lot of researchers will say that octopi are sentient. Uh, more so than any other species that we know of. Uh, the way that they respond to people. So even ones in captivity, the way they've res- they'll respond to people. Uh, they'll like some people more than others. Uh, from everything that researchers can really tell, they experience pain, pleasure, joy. Like they, all the types of emotions that people experience, they seem to experience. They, their problem-solving skills, they have preference. They have like there's oh, so many interesting things about the way their minds work that it's like it, 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 their level of intelligence and, and their sentience it m- makes it seem morally irresponsible to eat them anyway. Yeah, that's tough. It's there's a, a weird... great nature documentary about it's like a fairly recent one that's on Netflix. There's it's a three part series, and one of them is on octopus. It's like my octopus teacher. You see no, how smooth that about, was? Yeah, shut up. Is it my octopus teacher or something like that? That's one on Netflix that blew up. Oh, I haven't watched that one yet. I've heard it's great. Well, I don't know. Dude, that's the that's what's tough about food in general. It's like, you know, consumption as a whole has negative effects. And it's like which ones of these are we going to live with as a as a community and which ones aren't we? Cuz even I mean, you know, even to uh, to farm like vegetables in mass requires like these huge monoculture fields and things. It's it's tough. Like there's not it, there doesn't seem to be a distinctive, correct way of doing it, you know? Yeah, and it's tough. as much as we like to talk about, you know, everybody watches a documentary about the fish populations across the planet and you know, you post something on Facebook about it or share a video or whatever. And then like two weeks later, you're at a sushi restaurant. Right. <laughs> it's like we're all, every one of us is trying to figure out how to be, uh, how to, how to, a form of uh, hypocrisy that is more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why, you know, for anyone who's watched The Good Place, uh, and this came up way back when we talked to Benjamin Alcori, and this comes up a lot. And just if you're a friend of mine, is that like there's a whole episode built around like they find out that. Well, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, uh, I don't know, turn it off or don't. But don't get mad at me. Um, there's a whole episode built around people going to the bad place. Like the amount of people is like insane. Like the, they haven't hasn't been anyone going to the good place for 
years and years and years. So they because there's a point system and they look into the point system and it's like, oh, just buying an, a tomato from the grocery store is negative points because that tomato is sourced from you know this place and those that place has low wage workers and like they. they Basically, like everything that goes into like you can't even make you can't go to the grocery store and ethically. Well, I guess what you want to the, the thing that people say is no ethical consumption under capitalism is one of the quips that people like. And there's a lot of truth to that. So like if yeah, you go to the that gro- makes you this, a lot of fun at a party. I know. But so you go to the grocery store and you buy a tomato and that tomato was farmed by somebody who, you know, wasn't paid fair wages. And now you get negative points and now you're more closely. on. And they found that there's no action at this point in which humans can do that results in positive points, which is basically what you're saying is like, you can, you can post on Facebook about how it's wrong to do this or that, but then you find yourself in a sushi restaurant. And then, cause even before globalization, right? Like one of the problems we have is that where the demand for certain things that aren't native to us has gone up and that has to, you know, obviously supply and demand, but even before globalization, people would run certain species out of areas because they hunted them too much. It, like humans have, it's not like other animal populations where, you know, wolves chase whatever the deer population maybe, and then the deer population thins out and the wolves move on, but then it cycles. Um, humans have a way of breaking that cycle when they show up in places. And this is before anyone even had the data to recognize that that's what's happening and that it's immoral or before we were at a point in society where we could call it immoral. I I think what's, I think where it comes into play is like when there's a, a, when there's a profit motive rather than just a providing for yourself and your family. Yeah. That's where like there, we just, we got to have rules because when, when your way of getting ahead is to just take it out of the land around you or the animal population or other people or whatever it is. I just think humans can't handle that ethical choice in a lot of cases. And even if, you know, eight out of 10 could, the two that are out, the two out of 10 that couldn't would still cause a crazy amount of damage. That's, that's where, you know, like libertarianism and stuff loses me too is, you know, cause I can get, I can understand the, Hey, you know, if we don't need rules. Why have rules like less government, more personal freedom? Like that's all great. But yeah, uh, when it comes to, you know, hunting, like hunting, like you're talking about, you know, now we have this very controlled and, and organized right. and backed by scientific data, uh, you know, bag system and limits and licenses and the fees they also like fund those same programs and national parks and conservation and all of that stuff is great what wasn't great was commercial hunting where people were like i'm gonna shoot an entire herd of buffalo and then just take the you know cut the tongues out to sell it at the market yeah (laughs) right like that's the problem is is when your way of getting ahead involves just like uh, just taking it out of like something that's a communal resource. Like we got to have rules. We just have to. Yeah. I think you're spot on with the profit motive. I mean, one of the things that I don't, I don't know if maybe there's a glamorization of it now. I, I don't know much about native American culture, uh, but 
that's one of the things that's frequently referenced from Native American culture is that use the whole animal concept that there was this like respect for the land. And again, I don't know how I don't I don't know. I could be talking out of my ass a little bit right now, but just conceptually, the idea of it sounds good, like even if it wasn't fully practiced by everyone everywhere before you know settlers came here but that that concept of like having a respect and understanding like your symbiote your symbiotic relationship with the earth and trying to make as much use out i mean like we just talked about using you're talking about blood soup or whatever you're just like we're we're not done with this thing yet. We've picked it to the we've literally picked every bit of meat we think we can pick off of it. And now we're gonna send it through a press. Like the idea behind that is or seems to be a better way forward. Granted, if you're once you're dealing with factory farming, like even if you're using a whole animal now, it would probably just be because it's more profitable and we're still, you know. Now they're just putting a cow through a press because it makes good soup or some shit. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's, that's another thing that's tough is like, you know, if we're gonna feed 8 billion people or whatever on the planet now, you just have to kill a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm, I'm good with that. I'll eat some people. That's fine by me. I wouldn't not try it. I, you know what? I probably wouldn't, but I just, Casey, (laughs) when I'm over your house for dinner sometime, just do what you always do. Don't tell someone they're eating what they're eating until they're about halfway through the meal. Yeah, and then inform you that it's, that it's a homeless people. person. Yeah. Hey, come on. Doesn't why are they gonna be homeless? I'd rather it be a rich person. If you could kill a rich person and you told me they're rich, I'd probably just gobble the rest of it up. I like could to to actually eat the rich and not just metaphorically sounds. I don't know. I might get horny. I don't know. I'm I'm uh I'm gonna stick with homeless people, and that's where and you see, and I that's the are. balance that you and I have. That's why this works. Yeah, the, the yin and yang here. <laughs> you're a pico commie, and I'm a capitalist pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of like overeating animals and over farming, I feel like I want to make a probably a correction to something that I said a week or two ago. We were talking about um. A, living through animal extinctions and like how my grandkids might not know live in a world that lions exist. Remember this conversation? Yeah. Okay. So my only correction is I I definitely said that we or our parents haven't lived through a, um, any sort of animal extinction. And that's 100% not true. I was mostly referring to like, like the big extinction. ones that are fluffy that people care about. Like people love lions and they love like the big ones, you know? Oh, if that, you don't want that white rhino to disappear from planet earth because someone then wanted that. shouldn't have a horn that gives you boners. So, but there within our lifetime, probably during this conversation, some salamander in central America went extinct and we'll never know about it. So I, that's also, I think funny is that when, it's looking like animals might go extinct that have shown up in our literature and are prevalent in our lives. Everyone's like, Oh my God, we have to stop these monsters and we need to save this animal population. But animals are actually going extinct constantly and nobody cares or really bats an eye. So 
I'm not saying I want animals to go extinct. I'm not helping my case. I'm not making me sound any better than I did a couple of weeks ago when I said I don't feel like I have a sincere emotional connection to the extinction of animal populations. I don't know any lions. I've never, I don't feel a personal connection to them outside of them in literature. I mean, it'd be weird. That's what's weird about those going extinct. You go back and you watch The Wizard of Oz or I don't know, what's that children's story we all read about that mouse that eats the net that the lion got caught in and you know that one chronicles of narnia oh my god but that's that another one it did it did have a lion and that lion was jesus christ <laughs> who <laughs> was born in a manger so we could all celebrate christmas together i just think it's hard to value what you don't have any connection to and i mean i think that there's a case to be made there for things like you know, some sort of, I hate to use the term zoo because that's broad. Like zoo as in the San Diego zoo where it's yeah. a conservation effort that's being used to better the, the, the position of these species and stuff. Not zoo as in Joe exotics backyard. Right. I know what most zoos are now. Like I don't, I've never, I've been to a couple of zoos since I've had kids and all of them are like, this animal was found injured and they're being rehabilitated to, and then eventually we're going to hopefully re like the goal is to reacclimate them into the wild. So that way they can continue to grow the, that animal population. Like there's, I don't, I, I haven't really been to a zoo where they're like, this animal was really, really healthy and we definitely stole it from where it lived and put it in this cage. That's, they could be lying. I they mean, cook no, up a lot of good backstories. I'm that's reading, for sure. Yeah, I'm reading a plot. Like the you read the plot lines of like where they found it, who rescued it, the name of its children, and why they're <laughs> trying to get it back to them. So, like, did you ever see that Portlandia sketch where they're at this restaurant and it's like, oh, we also have a free range chicken today, and they spend the entire rest of the episode like telling the backstory of this chicken on this farm and stuff <laughs> at the table side. I haven't. I've actually never really watched Portlandia, but I feel like I should. It have. seems like it would, uh, it would tickle your funny bone. Yeah. Cause I'm, you know, liberal trash that would feel like, uh, I'm the butt of the joke. <laughs> it's just, you like, you like alt comedy. Yeah. No, no. I, I think it is up my alley. It's there's a I feel like there's a bunch of shows that are up my alley that I I missed uh, that they I, I don't know. I, it's like even when I watched it, I got into a conversation with my dad the other night about uh, Seinfeld and how I missed it. Like every, I, the amount of people I know that are in their 30s who fucking love Seinfeld is a good portion of them. Yep. Me. And, but that wasn't on when you were a kid. Like we, it was on. I watched it when I was a kid. Well, sorry, it wasn't. It was like was making it reruns. Yes, we were. You, we were. We were watching reruns, and I don't know if it's because a lot of people's dads liked it, and maybe their dads had it on, or they watched it with their dads. Like, I don't know. I but for whatever reason, anytime that Seinfeld was ever on when I was like fourteen or fifteen years old, I was like, I don't think this is. And I feel like I missed out. Because I, every time I hear people talk about Seinfeld, I'm like, that sounds really funny. And then I would watch it and be like, I, I guess I don't, I don't know what's happening. I don't know why I don't like this. And I feel like I, I was missing something. And, and it, now I feel like it's too late. 
Like I, I can't go back and rewatch it and have it hit right. Yeah. I, that's how I feel about like friends or how I met your mother. Well, friends just sucks. So let's okay. just do Well, that. we can go with that. That's fine I, with me. I'm sorry to alienate probably a large portion of our audience, but friends <laughs> isn't good. It's not good. <laughs> if that's what makes you stop listening, then I, that, it is what it is. How I Met Your Mother, I watched all of that and I liked it while I was watching it and I looked back on it with some regret. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I don't get it. I think I missed it. Yeah. But you look at uh, the, like the the difference in popular comedy shows today versus, we always used to make the joke like with uh, music, you know, the music that we liked was extreme by most any standard that the previous generation had, you right. know, like 10 years from now, our kids just going to be listening to like, like beeps and alarms. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's the only way to get heavier is just to have like white noise. Ask death grips. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you ever listened to them, but that's some, that's one of those ones that I've, I, people would talk about and be like, Oh my God, have you heard the new death grips album? And I, I don't know if that name is falling flat for a lot of people, but I checked it out. When I checked them out, I was like, this is, this is what it feels like to be old and have the next generation show you their music. I'm, I've arrived. I've had my first experience with what that's going to feel like when my kids show me what they're... Now, maybe my kids will like country music and that will make me hate them, but like a lot. <laughs> That, that's probably the only I don't have a lot of conditions for my love, uh, but getting into like this like hip hop pop country blend shit that's like everywhere now is one of my worst nightmares. I hear that and I just shrivel up inside of myself, turn inside out and want to disappear because I don't get it. It's really a, it's it's not for it's, me. It's I just find it absolutely awful. If if aliens come and destroy our planet, it's going to be because they showed up and were like, these guys seem okay. And then they're going to watch fucking Florida Georgia line and be like, oh, we man. need to fuck. That was the one I was going to shout out yeah. to. <laughs> it's so bad. You it's know what? I look shit at, I've ever heard. I look at country music kind of like I look at football where I'm, I'm, I'm watching all of these people and they're having a great time. And I'm like, I wish I could just have fun. Yeah, but I can't. I'm going home. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, I feel like it's the same sort of thing. It's like if you if you're really into that, you just like it's just fun for you to listen to that music. But I can't do it, you know. And it's probably it would probably be better if I could. Sure, and then we could all be the same, and everything would be great because everyone's the same and boring. Oh but yeah, here we go. <laughs> But I, I mean, I haven't not thought that there's plenty of things where I have been like, if I could just like this or be like that, it would be easier. I, Every I be time I've like, ever been to a bar. Yeah. Like, like, it sure seems like everybody's having fun. Why do I hate this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to like scream to even like hear each other. Uh, that drives me nuts when you go to a really loud bar and you're oh, just yeah. yelling across the table and you can't really have a conversation. Oh, here's a great question for you. I'll be the judge of that. Was there, can you think of a, a band that you didn't really get or like, but you kind of wanted people to think you did? Like there was a, there was like an image component to it that was pretty much all of your interest in that band. 
Oh, that is a good question. I feel like it would have been, I, I won't be able to name them specifically, but there was, I went through this time where I, I would get into, I don't even know if it's not like they're from Sweden. I don't know. There's like this uh, Scandinavian kind of metal stuff, I guess is like, oh, I, I like that. And I, I didn't not like it, but I feel like most of my listening to it was because other people did like then my friends group. Um, so like maybe to throw out some band names that maybe people won't recognize or care about at all, but like children of Bodom, I remember pretending like yeah. I was into more than I really was. Uh, and then there was one that I like phase, had like a little phase of, but I couldn't, I wouldn't even be able to recall any of their music. I, I just, I got a bunch of burn CDs, I think. And it's a, a band called dark tranquility. And I've heard of that. I was like, I would have acted I'd like they were one of my favorite bands for a while, but I just listened to the, an album on repeat for a little while. And I think, I was trying to make it part of my personality, you know, when you try to like force it. So <laughs> I definitely have to a absorb it. Yeah. I, there's a, I had a few of those cause they weren't, they didn't stick. Like I have no memory of what they sound like. I mean, I still remember like, what children I, of Bodom I already like. bought this t-shirt and I like yeah. the color. I have to, I have to make peace with this. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like a few, like a bands like that where I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll get into this. And, I, it didn't last and I couldn't, but I felt like the chariot was that for me. Like I didn't dislike it, but it's like not what I was going to listen to on my own. But that was like one of those bands that was cool to like, and they were cool to watch. Like if you were at a live show, they were great, but then you'd go home and you'd turn on the album and it's just like, uh, mic feedback and, dissonant chords (laughs) you're like i i like the spirit of what you're doing but the uh the the execution i just can't i can't seem to figure out what about bands that you liked but kind of pretended not to because it didn't fit in right with your crowd of people do you have any of those well i feel like We've talked about this before, how like you kind of you kind of have more of that like punk influence that brought you into metal. I kind of had more butt rock type stuff that brought me in. And so I think I always kind of liked Skillet and Linkin Park and all of that kind of stuff. But that was not cool to like in college and stuff. You know, it wasn't it wasn't heavy enough. And what's funny about Linkin Park is they there was a time where it wasn't when you were in the heavy music world, it was like not cool to like, but that shifted dude. And it got to a point where everyone looked back on Lincoln park. And were like that fucking band changed my life in some way. And, and they got past like the, I don't think that's cool anymore and recognized it for the influence that it was. And I feel like I, I don't talk to anybody my age who got into heavy music or wasn't heavy music, even if they didn't love Lincoln park, that won't look, maybe they had some, it's possible. Some of that has to do with Chester dying too, uh, that people look back. I think it's just, it's accessible. And like for a while, accessible was not great. It's kind of like, uh, any community like that. There's always a, a segment of it. That's like gatekeepers. 
Yeah, like definitely April stuff, like the cosplay stuff and going to Comic Cons and things. There's like this old guard of crusty old douchebags that are like, well, I remember when Comic Cons used to be about comics and now it's just a bunch of girls in bikinis and blah, 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 blah. And they just hate on it, you know? It's like you people like the same stuff as you. Like, can you just can you just let them enjoy it? Like, this doesn't diminish your ability to enjoy what you just don't like that this isn't as specific and special to you now. Like it's your your identities at stake because more people are into it. And music was definitely that way. So like if you liked, if you liked, I don't know, you, you know, you name it, attack, attack. Some people be like, Oh yeah. Hot topic band. Oh yeah. You would get shit on for liking hot topic bands. If you were, or, um, you know, like a day to remember was like everyone loved them and then they blew up and hit mainstream and it was like, fuck that band. Now, I'll be honest, they got not very, I don't like them. I remember I tried to listen to their newest album and was like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> and if I go back and even listen to their old music, I don't love it anymore, but I, I did at a time. And that was a, they were, I forget what the name of their album was that really, blew up for me it's probably their second student like their second full length um the name of it's kind of slipping on me but and like maybe like it was like purpley i don't know like yeah mostly purple was the predominant yeah those first two albums part. were really big they're, yeah. they're accessible you know there's value in writing catchy songs that people like you know yeah, but you do that that's at the, why at the i like taylor of- swift it's still i mean it doesn't mesh with what i normally listen to but it's good and i like it and i'm not maybe there was a time where i would have been ashamed of that i mean lizzo i'll fuck with lizzo oh god damn she's so fun love her music i don't think i've ever listened to lizzo there's no chance we're gonna i'm i'll send you some lizzo songs as soon as we're done with this recording which should probably be soon but i (laughs) (laughs) she's it's so much fun like her, her second album her first one, I don't even, I don't love. I, I didn't hear her first one until after her second. Um, it, incidentally, coincidentally, I don't know what the right word is there, but uh, the guy who produced her first album uh, was uh, Laserbeak, who's like a big time producer for the, the uh, Doomtree yeah. crew. Like, Doomtree, like, that's yeah. right. And I, so I follow him and when her first album made it to spotify which because of i don't know i guess legal shit happened after it came out like a year or so onto spotify after her second album it was like he he was posting a good bit about it because he was just pumped to have been able to produce it and he produced it because he had seen her play and was like this person's gonna be fucking huge and he just recognized her for who she was and uh he reached out about doing some production for her and ended up being able to produce her first album. And now she's the fucking superstar. So like, because she just had it, like she has that, like, I don't know, I, you would have called it crowd control when we were watching like metal bands. Uh, but the way that she just, I don't know, commands a, a large group of people is pretty cool. I would I love it- to go. That's like a big, dream for me i would like to like i've seen taylor swift i don't go see big acts i don't like spending a hundred dollars on a ticket to get nosebleeds that's not me but yeah. i would 100 percent shell out the money to go see lizzo i think that like all of us at times have that impulse to be a gatekeeper 
And it's oh, yeah. such it's such a bad impulse. Like it's something that you have to like actively fight because it's the worst. Nobody likes a person that does that, like desperately clinging to this one unique thing that they had built their personality around. And so you can't have any. You can't come sit with us. You know, that that it's impulse like that's is middle awful. school lunch table bullshit that people just need to get over. Yeah. And you see it like with so many different things like, uh, you know, somebody gets a tattoo that someone doesn't think is extravagant enough or big enough or means enough or it was you know a design they picked off the wall or whatever like they they get blasted for that uh harley guys with people who ride any other type of motorcycle yeah yeah, clock dudes with anybody who buys a a different kind of like every community has those people and they suck in every instance like you don't want to be one of those but i'm losing my like i feel like I felt that way the hardest in my twenties. Uh, and then, I mean, some people keep it. Maybe I I'm sure I'm still that way it, it, on some oh, things and yeah, I would need somebody to too. point it out to me. And that's, that'd be fine. I will take that criticism and, and let it sink in. But I feel like I care less and less about pretty much anything at this point. Like every year I feel like I care less and less than I do. Now I did just You've shit really hard. on country so music. numb. <laughs> is that what it was yeah uh i did shit really hard on on country music uh, now i'm not gatekeeping it i'm i'm You're excluding it from my, music I'm keeping it out i'm gate i'm keeping it out i'm ba- it's a, i'm in, so if i have a gated community i guess i am keeping it out that is gatekeeping to degree. but i'm not trying to keep it pure because there's nothing to purify it's just rotten through and through and you can hate me for saying that <laughs> <laughs> But okay, it's like so throwing out the baby with the bathwater is not a good example. Like you could be like, well, there's some you could tell me there's some good country music and yeah, you'd be wrong. Some. No, <laughs> no, I don't care. I really if you if you like listen to whatever you want and you if you want to show me some old Johnny Cash or Willie Nelson, it's still not for me, but I'll take it as uh, for what it is and recognize that there's probably that, it, that it's good for people. I just don't I can't I don't get it. Okay, so there's there's a good uh, there's a good outro question for you. New Year's coming up next week. With you got any New Year's resolutions? I'm making mine. One of mine yeah. to be to root out any gatekeeping instincts that I have about whatever subject. Yeah, mine too, except for the things that I just mentioned that I don't like. So I'll stay the same as my intent. My goal is yeah. to that's stay called a the caveat. Same. Okay. Uh, no, I, I, <laughs> hmm. I haven't thought a lot about New York, ooh, New Year's resolutions. Um, you know, the classics are workout, you know, get in yeah. better shape, but those never stick. Uh, feel obligated to put that on the list. Yeah. I, I, I think the past seven years in a row have pretty much fallen apart for me on that. So I won't go there. <laughs> Jerk off more, maybe I could do. I maybe I'll do that. Yeah, you're gonna tear into your tread depth a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I mean, what else is there to do, right? You know, nothing. Sure. I, I mean, read your Bible I, and pray. Uh, God, I, uh, I don't know. What do I have for New Year's? My New Year's resolution is to not fail out of grad school. That's it. To to just survive next year is basically my only goal. Okay, that's fair. I think it's reasonable fair. to just. 
after adding and everything I've added to my life over the past year, I think just surviving next year by adding one more thing, it's going to be great. I actually am a little stressed about my, uh, the, you know, when I, I had to fill out my FAFSA and shit like that, I, again, I haven't had to do any of that in so long. I forgot even that that was, those existed. I forgot Is it about still that. miserable? No, dude, it's so, well, I shouldn't say that. I think my parents did it for me before, so who am I kidding? <laughs> but <laughs> I thought it was going to be awful, and it wasn't uh, because everything's so electronic and everyone files electronically now. You you, you fill out like basic information, uh, and then you get to this point where it's like just you enter your social security number and then uh, some other information, and then you click approve on it connecting to some federal website where your tax returns are filed. And then in 15 seconds, it pulls all of your information and you have like five questions left afterwards. So it's actually really simple. Wow. But I got an email afterwards that was like, you know, based on the information provided, we, we estimate that you'll be eligible for up to, I don't know, X amount of dollars in financial aid, which would just be like subs. uh, I I forget uh, unsubsidized or subsidized unsubsidized loans are like where there's, interest and shit like that right i get, i would think if it was unsubsidized that means that you're paying the full amount of the loan that you take out if it's subsidized somebody is paying a portion of it okay so i think anyway Shot i'm expecting i'm expecting to get some some federal aid federal loans approved in which i will pay back with interest just at a lower rate like i did when i was in undergrad and I got an email saying that based on the information, they'd ex- expect me to get a certain amount. And then I get this whole process is taking longer than I expected it to. And classes start in 15 days. So still a little, uh, <laughs> a little getting a little nervous and sweaty over here. But I got an email that like everything had gone through and that I owed all my money for my classes coming up by January 4th. And I go on, I log in and there, I mean, I just full balance right there in front of my face. There is no financial aid at all. So I'm like, I just emailed the financial aid office. I was like, uh, is I, I, I didn't, there was something that I didn't fill out that I needed to. And so I'm questioning whether or not I'm getting any, or if it just hadn't come through because I didn't fill out a certain piece of paperwork. It's not looking great for me. Which means my entire first semester is going on the credit card. <laughs> it's not exactly what I was expecting for my first semester back in school, but that gives me plenty of months now to figure out what I'm going to do. Which it's looking like a home equity loan might be the best way to pay for this <laughs> interest with given interest rates. Well, that worked out for a lot of people who did it in like 2004. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Add a new kitchen on while you're at it. I should. I've thought about adding on a second garage because my first one's full of shit that I can't actually park in it. So last year's toys. Yeah. <laughs> just like old stuff that's too big and costs too much to throw away. So I just stack it in there like an old couch and like, I don't know. I don't have a shed. So like all my uh, summer patio furniture, all that, like this, anything that you put out in the summers in my garage, it sucks. Like, all I want is to just like pull a car there. I live in fucking Massachusetts, dude. If sometimes you just get bombed with 13 inches of snow, I would like to put one of my cars in there when that happens, but I can't. So yeah. Well, and now I won't because my home equity loans going towards college and 
so I can start a career in which I will take a pay cut and not towards, you know, uh, things that I would find a little bit more enjoyable. This just means that you have to look for some alternative financing. Like you got to go trip over a rug at Walgreens or you know, <laughs> yes. choke on some burger meat at, uh, at Taco Bell or something like that. I, if you said this to me off the record, I would have gone for it tomorrow. Now there's uh, some history here and we might have to edit this out before we publish it so I can still go in that direction. Hey, fine. I will help you out however, however I can. Even you could it means cutting up an episode. I mean, you could offer me a sales job in which um, I, it's just like more on paper, right? What? But I was gonna say you would love sales. Yes. Yeah. No, like I don't. <laughs> the, the goal is I don't have to actually do anything, but you attribute a certain percentage of other people's sales to me. Like just fuck with the numbers a little bit, you know? I see. Kind of yeah. like a business adoption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not looking for a full salary, but just enough for me to cut back to part-time hours uh but not take a hit to my my current pay is really all i'm looking for so if you could uh, i don't know fudge some numbers and work that out i think i'll, I would, I'll tell I mean, you this look when uh when my shiba you know movie money comes rolling in i'll i'll pay off your loans how's that i accept <laughs> now we're both crossing our fingers <laughs> we're both praying in the same direction Hey, at least I got you praying, Casey. That's my only goal. That's my New Year's resolution, and I didn't even have to wait till January 1st. You're praying again. God works in mysterious ways. Jeez, yeah, you win. So, <laughs> we have this back and forth. It feels like a seesaw where uh, it's like push and pull, but I won this time. Yep, I, I, I'll give it to you. <laughs> and I'll say a prayer for you. Uh, amen, brother. All right. Uh, I don't know... It's, I probably should have mentioned this at the top of the episode. I don't know if there is any humming that anyone hears in the background. I uh, was recording near some equipment that makes a humming noise that I couldn't do anything about tonight. So I don't know. Hopefully it's not obnoxious if it comes through. I don't think it will, but I feel like if it does and we can't do anything about it, I want to call it out an hour and 26 minutes in, even though I should have mentioned it ahead of time. So that way, if you actually make it to here, you can be like, oh, okay. They know this. They're not just terrible at putting this together. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, on that note, if you're not a member of our Discord, go to uh, any of our social media pages and you'll find a link there. But it's a fun spot. Come and talk about, you know, the awkward conversations you had at the dinner table over Christmas or share any cool gifts you got or maybe like uh, you stumbled across an old Carmen music video and you want the world to see it. I, that's a great <laughs> place to do all of those things. And we would love to have you over there. If you're enjoying the show, thank you so much for listening. First of all, if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes, um, we're trying to cash in here. That'll help out a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> speaking of cashing in, uh, support our, our sponsor, the beloved captain Cecil's coffee. Uh, they're extending our promo code for a while here. So, so it's 20% off if you enter the promo code Growing Up Christian at checkout. That's CaptainCecilsCoffee.com. Check them out. They got lots of cool, uh, delicious roasts and cool merch. Some fun and stuff merch. Like that as well. Yeah, some of the merch is great. I wear, I wear my C's piece on my head all the time. 
got that uh, captain's hat, and it looks fly as shit, so you should go buy one too. Yeah, so have a safe and enjoyable New Year's celebration, and we will see you in 2022.